Knowledge is power. We hear that all the time, right? But what does that really mean? And how can we use education to expand in ministry, edify, and even win souls? Well, find out all of that and more in this powerful series. Please join me and Dr. Cynthia Vessel as we discuss the church's role in higher education. You don't want to miss this episode, so please stay tuned. how education could be used to win souls. I know we probably don't look at education like that, but I wanted to ask you, how can education be used as a tool to win souls? Okay. I want to say one more thing about your last question. I want to say that education is so important and discipleship is so important that we help people to understand that they get educated and sometimes the church will get the spiritual education and won't go for the natural education but um with even what you're asking some people you are going to run into are going to be more educated than you are and that is why it's important to have levels of education so that those who even have more education than you, you are not completely you. It's not like you've never had a psych class or never had a sociology class or never had a history, a college-level history class. Higher education is important because those general education classes are going to make you well-rounded enough. You're going to take philosophy, and you're going to take those types of classes. You're going to take some higher level of math. And you're going to do write those and research. And so you're going to be able to communicate with people. Now, they may have higher degrees than you are, but there is a debate, as they say, a bottom line. A bottom line is I have enough experience with psychology, sociology. I've taken enough classes that I can enter into those conversations. Yes. And so this it's important, especially ministers, who are highly gifted, and your gifts make room for you, but education opens up doors for you. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> really good stuff. And so, and so in soul winning, so if we look back at the child, in a program, you have a child, and that child comes to Sunday school. You know, a friend, a grandparent, or something brings a child to a church with them and there is youth ministry and this child comes and now they are just so excited because youth ministry was so awesome it was so much fun and they have their uh tokens and and little things that they come home with that remind them they have their sunday school books or whatever it is that they have um they've had heard this fantastic story about slaying giants, and though the bully has been picking on them, they realize that there's an opportunity to stand strong and not be bullied and pray and all of these great things. And then, again, we have that program. We have that 
vacation Bible school all week long. And at the end of that week, we have the celebration and we invite the family. We give that child the information that you're going to be, you're going to be speaking and you're going to get an award and you're going to uh, sing their favorite song that you learned all week. Why don't you tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your family to come and be a part of that. That's how we're winning souls, you know. Um, when even in in, in hardship, um, uh, a broken spouse that is going through a very hard time and get into a place where they're built up and that spouse sees a change, um, any kind of family member. And when you heal one member of the family, when you love on one member of the family, when you reach out to one member of the family, and that family sees a difference, a change, a help, then you can draw and you can win the rest of the family. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. <laughs> I want to read this scripture. It's Proverbs 4 and 7, and it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all that getting, get understanding. So we've been talking about education and knowledge, but Dr. Vessel, I really would like for you to expound on this verse as far as getting wisdom and understanding as well. And so that's the wonderful thing about those of us who are believers. We can have all the knowledge in the world. You can know Every, I mean, you have smart people, intellect. You have people who can read and retain information. You have people with photographic memories. Once they see it, they got it. And you have all this knowledge. But then you hear them speaking, and they're eloquent. But what they're saying makes no sense. Mm. You have knowledge, but... Your, your, where you appropriate that knowledge is sounds foolish. Hmm. And because you lack wisdom, you don't know when to speak. You don't know how to use knowledge to get what you need to get. And so, again, the lack thereof is the problem. Yes. The lack of wisdom and though you have an increase of knowledge, that becomes a problem for you. Mm -hmm. And it turns people off. It turns people who are looking for something. All you are is, uh, you remember the Charlie Brown, uh, the teacher, they, she never spoke. She was like, <laughs> with a bunch of knowledge and no wisdom. Yes. Um, uh, sometimes you know, you need to know when to be quiet. And let silence win a battle. And so, um, so wisdom is the principal thing. That, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because you can have anything, and if you're not wise in your doing, you're poor. So what good is it to have an abundance of understanding? You can use big words, and you can, um, you can flash degrees. But you, ha you don't have the wisdom to know that in this setting, the degree is not what matters. It's the love of God. Yes. When you are laying 
in a hospital bed. Your degrees don't matter. Yes. But you need wisdom to know that you can't shut everybody out. And then when you're by yourself and decisions have to be made, you're incapacitated. But, you know, uh, we see a lot of movies where rich, rich people mistreat everybody. And then they're all alone. Where's the wisdom with the money? Where's the wisdom with the knowledge? Where's the wisdom with the understanding? And so, yes, wisdom is the principal thing. But it's just as foolish to be so wise and be ignorant and have no knowledge. So you have the answer to something that you have no knowledge about. Yes. Now, how does that even sound? <laughs> and funny. so you know something exists. But you don't know, you don't know the intricacies and the details of it. You don't have any understanding of it. But you, but you, but you have enough wisdom to know that it exists. Kind of what an atheist says. Um, I don't believe in God. And when you begin to speak with them, all of they, all they talk about is what God is, what God is not, and what God couldn't do. And what you shouldn't believe. Well, if you're if, if if you don't believe in God, why do you know so much about him? Right. <laughs> Come on, help me out here. Right. You don't believe in him, but apparently you've done a lot of study. Hmm. Because you can tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't believe. And so with that wisdom and, and when it talks about getting understanding. That is the higher education. Because remember, your your um, secondary school and grammar school, elementary school and pre all of those are teaching you how to read and write and do math and get, um, get knowledge of that. But high school and grammar school, that doesn't necessarily give you understanding. That gives you tools on how to learn. Your real learning happens after high school. Now that you know how to read, now that you really know how to write, and now go to college, and and that's where sometimes uh, people get discouraged with college. They still have a high school mentality. So they come into the classroom expecting a teacher. But you won't find that kind of language in higher education. You find people call themselves instructors, professors, facilitators, because I'm not going to teach you I am going to give you challenges that you need to figure out using the tools that you've been practicing for the last 12 or 14 years. That's the best revelation. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good revelation. (laughs) I really enjoyed what you said. That was so powerful. And I really enjoyed you said wisdom is the higher education. Yes, yes. I, I will keep that forever. Because it's so true. I will keep that with me forever. Yes. I want to thank you, Dr. Vessel, for giving us so much knowledge (laughs) on this topic and and just speaking so profoundly. It was so awesome. Before we end this episode today, I just want to ask, you know, there may be some churches that are just so inspired by this, um, this interview today. And they want to get involved in education and and do more in that field. Do you have any resources that will help churches who want to get involved in education? Um, 
you know, to help out maybe in the community, their churches, whatever? Do you have any resources for them? Do I have a moment to tell a quick story? You do. And we talked about this. You do. I, um, we, we grew up in the projects in Chicago. And there was a woman who um, was, you know, they were, they were called the sanctified people. They were the church people. They went to church, uh, it seemed like, every day, this family. And, but there would be one day in the week where we lived on the 11th floor. And on that floor, you could smell popcorn. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, it's been so long ago, I don't remember what day it would be. But all you smell was popcorn. And then you would see all these kids going to the, where this popcorn, popcorn was. So my mother was the type of mother, you didn't go in other people's houses. Mm-hmm. When you were outside, to go outside and play, you stayed outside. And you stayed where she could see you. And um, find you and call your name and you could hear her. And, um, but uh, her name was Miss Cross. And Miss Cross would pop just loads of popcorn and, and on the stove in a pot. And all the kids would be in her apartment. And from the kitchen and her whole living room, and we would just all pile in there to eat popcorn. But what she did is she taught us the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we would have a we were there for the popcorn, but she would teach Bible stories to all all these kids at this particular time, and it was in the evening. Churches still churches started like that. Churches started in basements and living rooms, and and the resources within, you know, um, a church could reach within, and the 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 resource is starting your program. Because as soon as you start reaching out, that's where you're going to have outside influences and and all those things. You want this to be an authentic Christian base because there you can see some parameters and some rules. And so you start your program uh, so that you can keep Christian principles at the forefront. Now, I'm not saying you proselytize everybody that come in. No, this is a tutoring program. You can come here and you can come to be tutored. You can come in, get help with your math, and leave out. And 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 it never has to be uh, that we're proselytizing. If if we're going to service the community, and we're going to be in the community, and people don't want the Christianity, we still, as a community, um, and and especially that community where we know. Uh, the schools in the black neighborhoods are not to compare with some schools in other neighborhoods. And so we need to, the church needs to open up those doors or open up that Zoom room right now to tutoring programs and just finding the people in the church or finding people who have the expertise. There are many teachers in the church. There are many, and there are many materials. And there are people who are knowledgeable. So when a child when a child comes and just needs help with their math, getting those resources, helping um, them to learn how to use the computer to go to the different kinds of academies and help me with my math, teaching them how to search 
and helping them to learn. Starting the program there in the church um, and then starting with the congregation to help and to build and to support. And then open, but first, taking care of the household of faith first, making sure that every child in your church has the resources and those resources are, you know, are web-based. Yes. What you're looking for, you, uh, as they say, they got a term, Google it. You go to the internet. If that child needs to know um, how to add fractions, teaching that child how to go to the internet and follow that step by step, and then helping them along the way. Hope, then opening that up to the community and allowing them, allowing uh, room for people in the community to come in and get the tutoring. And then while you're doing that, you want to document and you want to gather data because as you get that and as you, people want to invest in a success. So once you have that data and you have that program and you have that structure, then you can branch out and partner with schools. And then they can give you what their students need. And you can say, yes, we're willing to do this. But you want to have your own base. You don't want someone coming in and giving you the restrictions. We have the anointing. And we have the skill in the church. And so we want people to come and receive of the well that we have. We want them to drink from the well that we have. You can't pour water in this well, but we can partner with you. We can be the Jews and the Samaritans that work together for the success of a nation. Yes, so good. So powerful. Thank you, Dr. V, like I said, oh, my for all of your wisdom and knowledge and giving us so much <laughs> to just digest, chew on, all of that. This was really, really awesome. Yeah. May I say one more thing? Yes. Let me say this to your audience. And don't think so broad as the church. Remember, you are the church for believers. And you are an entity. You can start a YouTube channel. People are searching for help. You probably have a unique way of presenting things. You may have struggled. And then when you got it, you realize it was not even that hard. That instructor just didn't know how to teach me. There was a point when we didn't understand the kinesthetic or the tactile learner. And so we're teaching and we're talking and we're doing all these other things. And we found out that there's a learner that they need hands on. They need to touch it and turn it and feel it. It needs to be in a game mode. And so don't wait for the church listener. There's somebody out there. I let the prophet speak. There's you are out there, and you have so much to offer, and you are waiting to sell it to somebody so they can hire you. You are waiting for someone to ask you, but God has called you and said, "Get yourself online and be a help. Be help somebody learn. All of us are teachers, and we can change the world if we choose." Thank you. Amen. That concludes the Church's Role in Higher Education series. 
I thoroughly enjoyed this and I hope you did too. So please do me a favor and share it with someone. I know they're going to be blessed by it. And if you have not already, please subscribe because there'll be many more wonderful episodes coming your way. And don't forget, you can also stay connected with us on social media. We are on Facebook as well as Instagram at Change My Life Podcast. Wow. Who knew? My engagement in higher education would change my life.